Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about faith and work, today we're talking about marketing like Jesus. No, not what you think. This is going to be an incredible conversation. We've got Darren Shearer. He's an author, he's a speaker, and he wrote this book, Marketing Like Jesus, Darren Shearer, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Jim, it's great to be with you. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It, it will definitely... I hope you feel that way at the end of the show. That's what I always tell them, I guess. I'm like, I'm glad you're excited now. I hope you feel that way at the end. Hey, Darren, I want you to just read this verse. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. It was his mission statement. It was exactly why he came to do what he did. And all of the marketing that he did had to do with that one sentence. He came to seek and save those who, was, who were lost. You know, when I got a copy of your book, and again, it's one of those very unusual things. I never, ever get a... Uh, I, I, I do a lot of research online to try to find the right guest for the show. And I was thinking, boy, I wonder if anybody's done any marketing, you know, any marketing and Jesus kind of thing. And I'm just, I was cross pollinating. Okay. Marketing Jesus. And I come up with marketing like Jesus. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. And, and, and it's just, and then I got to copy your book. Cause you know, a lot of times you get books like that and you're like, okay, this could be cheesy. And I got your book. Or and, scandalous. Or, or, <laughs> yes, one or the other. And uh, 
as I was reading it, I thought, this is a great book. Everybody needs to read this book. If you're doing marketing and you really want to incorporate a Christ-like method into your marketing program, you need to market like Jesus because there is no single, there's no single leader in the history of mankind that has impacted more people than Jesus Christ. That's right. And he did it without, I mean, I mean he started with, well, he didn't have a computer. He didn't have the internet. He didn't have a, uh, an SEO company. Uh, he, he didn't have Facebook, LinkedIn. He didn't have Twitter. He, and he didn't really, he wasn't an author. He didn't write anything. So he didn't have any notoriety, didn't have a doctorate, didn't have a master's degree, didn't have a college education. He was a carpenter. But he understood how to invest in people, and he had a mission plan, and the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. So I'm excited about talking about your book today, but before we get into it, Darren, I'd really like for you to share, how's Jesus Christ making an impact on your life today? Well, Jim, that's a great question, but it's Wednesday. You mean Jesus can make a difference in my life on a day other than Sunday? Yes, that is true. (laughs) Well, every day, Jim, I'm trying to do my part to fill the Great Commission in business, which is to make disciples of all nations. And so this is really the bottom line for me in my business. I mean, of course, I have a financial bottom line, but the bottom is the bottom line, if you will, is this question of, how is my business helping to make disciples of Jesus Christ? And we do that through making disciples of all nations by bringing an awareness of God's glory into our sphere of influence. In my case, that's, uh, that's business. So that's why I started my publishing company, Highbridge Books, which helps to build platforms for Christian thought leaders. And that's why I wrote this book and started a podcast. And I'm looking forward to talking with you about it today. So, talk. What caused you to write this book, Marketing Like Jesus? Do you have a marketing degree from somewhere? Well, I did pursue an MBA uh, in New York City. Sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. You did that in New York City. That's rough. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and so as I attended business school and seminary on the GI Bill, I was was in Air Force prior to that. But I noticed that there was a great chasm between the business world in the church world, and so I've been looking for ways to kind of bridge this gap because there's such incredible potential when people work for him, you know, which is, of course, what your show is all about. And then a few things occurred to me that, first of all, no function of an organization is more important than marketing, and, and then it hit me that Jesus is the most effective influencer in history. I mean, one out of three people in the world claim to be one of his followers, of course, that's arguable, and Barna's got some other stats on that, uh, but he is the most effective marketer and influencer in history, and so that's why I really began to camp out on this subject. Well, and, and keep in mind, now, Coca-Cola also has great influence in today's society, but only for the last hundred years. You're talking that maybe it's not one out of three, but maybe it's one out of four Christ followers across the globe, but one out of four, 2,000 years after the last time he spoke. That's right. I mean, and that's, that's I mean, the that's incredible, incredible staying power. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's books written about built to last. I mean, what Jesus built was built to last, and there aren't uh, any other organizations that compare. So when you wrote this book, who was your audience? I mean, when you were thinking, I mean, everybody, when they when they write, you know, I just journal, and, and every once in a while I'll send out an email or something like that, but when I, when I write, I always have an audience in mind, whether it's my kids who are in their 20s, whether it's to my wife, or whether it's to my mom and my dad, whatever. I always have an audience in mind. When you wrote this book, who was it for? 
Well, when I started writing this book, I was the CEO and still am the CEO of a publishing company that I started. And so I'm coaching authors one-on-one. And what they end up finding is that writing a book is the easy part. Actually selling and marketing the book, that is the hard part. And, and I find that that's the same whether you're a nonprofit trying to get more donations or you're a church, a pastor trying to get more members, get more people to come into your church, or you're a business trying to sell products and services or you're a thought leader, even if you're a professor, you're trying to get ideas across to your students and and build that following that way, or you're a politician that's trying to get more votes. So I really wrote it for anybody that has something to say or sell. And and then if, if you don't fit any of those criteria, really this book could be for anyone that wants to just see another facet of the life and ministry of Jesus that maybe you've never considered before. I mean, I love that approach because most people don't think of, honestly, it's such a frustration, but most most businesses, most churches, they don't, I mean, most churches deny the existence of business anyway. Not all churches, <laughs> just most. Right. They don't want to, I don't want to be a business. Business is evil. And we're going to, we're right. going to fix that. We're going to, right here on this show, the I Work For Him show, if it's the last thing I do before I die in the next 40 years, as I'm on the air for the next 40 years, I am going to help shift that paradigm so churches recognize that business is not only not evil, but it is how we're going to change the world. And we need to have everybody be strategic. Strategic. I mean, all business is just strategic, and Jesus right. was very strategic. And, and that's Absolutely. what what I love, Darren, about your book is that you, you you really you really dug through how Jesus did it. I mean, you really mm-hmm. dug through. You know, what did he do? I mean, he had a mission, and he had a vision, and he and he had core values, but he had a plan, and he stuck to the plan the whole time. That's right. Absolutely. So as you were studying the scriptures, I mean, before you wrote this book, I mean, when you were reading it, I mean, how long have you been a Christ follower? I've been following the Lord since uh, 2001. Actually, September 11, 2001 was when I began to really do some soul searching, and and that kind of set me on the path toward getting back into church and ultimately surrendering my life to the Lord and joining the Air Force. and. Uh, and then went off into business after that. Hmm, that's awesome. Well, again, I, I didn't get a chance to say it earlier, but thank you for your service. The uh, So as you're looking at the marketing world, and we'll, we'll just stick on to the conversation the rest of the time, but as you look at this book that you wrote and you studied the scriptures, because obviously if, you, if you've only been a Christ follower for 13 years, this is still, compared to some people, you're still new at it, but I, I think when people get into it later on in life, they have a much deeper appreciation because they've experienced some of the dark side of life. And so all, right. all of a sudden, Christ seems seems very, very bright in what was a dark world. That's right. So tell me, when you were reading the scriptures, what what was the first thing that, that opened up your eyes to the fact that Jesus was a great marketer? Well, I think, first of all, it just hit me that there are there's so many people in the world. I mean, you look at what's happening in China and how, I mean, the more the church is persecuted, the more it grows. Like, what is it about the influence of this, of the man Jesus? Of course, he's fully God but he's also fully man, and he had three years to walk this earth. It was a very small window of time, and just looking at the incredible impact that was made, I mean, there were a number of things, but, for example, one of the things that jumped out to me was how Jesus had a target group, and this is what I find a lot of authors struggle with, or anybody that's in business or trying to market anything, is they they haven't clearly defined who this message is for, who this product is for, well, when a woman came to get healing, uh, get deliverance for her demon-possessed 
daughter, Jesus said, I have come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Basically, I have not come for Gentiles such as you. Of course, he did end up delivering that uh, that girl, but he made the point clear in that situation that he had come for the outcasts of Israel, the people that were on the fringes, such as those that he brought on to his core team, those 12 disciples, the ones that were, uh, they were nobodies, they were despised. I mean, as tax collectors and fishermen, they weren't the, the top of the class. Um, in fact, they didn't even make it into the Pharisee classes. And, and so Jesus said, this is who I'm targeting. So everything he did during those three years really revolved around ministering and, and uh, leading that particular group. You know, m- almost all organizations, all great organizations that have a plan to move forward use marketing to spread their messages and that marketing in today's world can mean a lot of things it could mean billboards it could mean radio advertising would you be a great idea radio advertising in tampa bay be a great idea in fact i know a fantastic show that could use some more advertisers right here in tampa bay the i work for him show you can get a hold of me at jim at iworkforhim.com jim at iwork the number for him.com sorry about that all right but i mean they use so radio tv um internet uh facebook uh, I mean, internet specifically, Google search. I mean, there's so many different ways. But Jesus didn't have those avenues. He marketed. How did Jesus do marketing? Well, I mean, another practical example is that he started with those who were looking for his solution. So he said that in Mark two seventeen that it's not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. And so instead of trying to be some uh, offer something to people that just frankly aren't interested. I think a lot of business people are out there doing that, where they're trying to sell products to people that just don't—they don't want it. They're just not interested. And so Jesus focused on the people that were hungry, the people that would be so hungry for what he had that they would grab onto the hem of his garment. And and whenever he dispatched his his disciples two by two, he told them, "When you go to those." homes, and they if they don't accept what you're offering, I mean, shake the dust off your feet and move on. You know, some will, some won't. So what? You know, I've heard it said in business. But of course, Jesus had compassion on and loved everybody, but when it comes to stewardship of your time in business, you can't afford to try to offer things to people that just aren't interested. You need to know who your target group is, and then focus on those who are looking for that solution. Hey, if you ever want to read a book, I read a fiction book over Christmas time. I, I have to, I have to be very diligent. I read a lot of very serious books for the radio show, but I get an opportunity every once in a while to read a fun book. I try to read two serious books and then a fun book, two serious books and a fun book, and I got Ted Decker's latest book, AD Thirty. It's a fiction book, it's not a competitor of yours, and um, and it was just really all about the life of Christ, really from the perspective. Of the of a woman who became the best friend of the woman who grabbed the hem of Jesus's cloak, mm. and and it was a great story because in there he emphasizes and validates your point that Jesus is a great marketer, and this is what he did. He you know we've got the Gospels to compare and we and we can't overlay them to know exactly how chronologically laid out. But what Ted Decker did in his book, it, and I, I'm not trying to take away from you, but just as he described it, he said. Um, 
that he just that every time Jesus got in front of another crowd, he'd go to a new crowd. He'd say the same thing. His message was consistent that the kingdom of God is near, that you need to repent, that 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 I'm God, that I'm here to heal, that that I'm here to seek and save the lost. I mean, he said the same things over and over again. We only hear them once in each one of the Gospels or a few times in each one of the Gospels, but that he repeated that to every new crowd. And that's that's what I'm saying in the uh, how did Jesus do marketing? He really did by repeating his message because repetition is the key to learning. Absolutely. You know, people are going to they're going to forget, you know, and I think when you look at a lot of industries, like, for example, the health club industry, I mean, people are leaving faster than they're coming in. And a lot of it is because when somebody signs up for a gym membership here, we are in January when everybody's going to get their gym membership by february the gym is going to be empty again and and that's because there's a lack of consistent engagement with those members and people they don't know what they're doing when they come to the gym you know and they so there's got to be other ways other than spending a fortune on personal training you know to uh, have that constant engagement where you can remind people keep people reminded of why that's why they signed up in the first place and that's what jesus had to do with uh, all of his disciples, particularly with Peter, after Peter denied him. I mean, and then Jesus comes back to him and restores him and reminds him that it's that you're the one that is going to be one of the leaders in building this church. Uh, and so feed my sheep if you love me. And so he, he brought him back to the original mission. All right, so why do you think people have such a hard time recognizing Jesus as a genius marketer? Well, I think for one thing, marketers are largely viewed as takers, yet Jesus was the most generous person in history. And then uh, other people might say, well, Jesus didn't require anything from people. And I think if they didn't, if they missed that, they probably don't understand the gospel, which is an invitation to an exchanged life, because his invitation was to follow me. And so he asked professional fishermen to drop their nets and follow him. He asked a rich young ruler to sell all of his possessions, give the proceeds to the poor and follow him. And, and he has large groups of people to leave their closest family members to follow him. And and so really that was why... <laughs> Which he wasn't a great me. marketing technique. Hey, by the <laughs> way, if you follow me, your brother will hate you, your mother will hate you, your father will hate you, your children could turn you into the police. Follow me. That, that's right. But he knew that what he had was worth far more than what he was asking people, even though he was asking them for everything. And so... I think what you know what that says to me as far as a takeaway is if you truly believe in what you're offering, don't be so bashful about asking people to uh, to buy into it, whether it's to come to your church or to uh, to buy your product, to buy your service. I mean, be bold about making the big ask. Of course, another strategy that Jesus used was he would make a small ask before going to the big one, and and so. It, he would he would heal somebody. He would offer, uh, you know, a miracle or something of that nature, an act of service to somebody before he would make that big jump. And I think that there's a lesson learned for those of us that are out there that are trying to, you know, as soon as they come to our website, it's like buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Well, why don't you give them something first? Well, and that's what Jesus did. He was exactly. always meeting people right where they're at. He didn't say, hey, first live a perfect life and then I'll love you. He said, listen, I love you right where you're at. Follow me. Stop doing what that's you're it. doing. 
follow me. Stop doing what you're doing. Follow me. Ted, you're on the line for a question for Darren. Well, hi, Darren. Uh, I've mentioned Jim before, and I think it's true that uh, a lot of pastors and and people in uh, ministry are really in sales. And when I've said that to them, they've been a little bit offended. But, you know, sales maybe is another term for marketing, but I even I even look at where Jesus said um, he created, had a miracle like you just talked about, and and then he tells the people to go to clean up, wash, go see somebody, but don't tell anybody about what I just did. And I know if I tell my kids or somebody else not to tell them what just happened, uh, the biggest temptation is to go tell. And uh, I, I just think that was one of the ways Jesus spread uh, the information about himself. Right. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a very difficult one that I actually addressed in the book toward the end. Uh, this this issue of well, there were situations where Jesus would heal somebody and then tell them not to go and tell anybody about that. And I think there are a variety of reasons. I definitely don't have the definitive answer on that. I think one of the issues is that it had to do with timing because I mean Jesus' life was in jeopardy at any moment during his three years of, uh, actually during his entire life, and and so to uh, create this buzz about this healing that he had done would really just flare up the rage of the Pharisees, and so there were situations where he would say, we're not going to go to this town right now, but we'll go, you know, in a little while, and, and so it had to do, a, a lot of it was timing and you know john maxwell talks about the law of timing i think that is is applicable to these situations where jesus would you know the theologians call it the messianic secret and it's really a complicated issue but i think the the timing is the reason why jesus uh, said those things well i think it's also really important to recognize that jesus wasn't trying to create a revolution and you know if if the word got out because you know, all he had was word of mouth. There was no radio. There was no you know, megaphones. There was no community uh, center or anything like that. They had the tabernacle. They had the the local uh, meeting places, the local tabernacles. But they, you know, he he wasn't trying to do a revolution. He was just trying to change people lo- people's lives, a revolution of their hearts. So, hey, Ted, thanks for your question and thanks for calling in and thanks for being a fantastic father-in-law. You have a great day, sir. <laughs> thanks, Jim. Bye. All right, Darren. Go- going back to. Hey, we still have, by the way, we still have a copy of the book to give away, 855-265-2929, call in to get a copy of Marketing Like Jesus. So, Darren, let's highlight some of these strategies that Jesus used in order to change the world. You mentioned, you got strategy one, transcend dead traditions. Uh, Strategy number two, aim to be a restorer, not a radical. Three, find a need and fill it. Four, be generous, but I love this one. Number five, offer results for every claim. What do you mean? What do you mean? Why, how did Jesus do that? Well, I think if you look at today's marketplace, and, and it's nothing new, where we have a tendency to want to appear to be something that we're not. I mean, you'll see this in the social media world, where if you've been on Twitter, you've probably gotten these invitations to purchase 10,000 Twitter followers for you know $50 or whatever. And a lot of people are doing this, and it's, it's because they're trying to appear to offer a result that they really just aren't aren't delivering. And so with Jesus, one of the things that, that's remarkable here, and, and there's an example in Matthew 11, uh, verses 4 and 5, where John the Baptist is sitting there just 
dejected and depressed in prison, and he he had gone from being Jesus's chief promoter and forerunner to now doubting that it was that that he was who he says he is, and and so Jesus sent this message back to him. He said. Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Which is almost a mirror image of what he said his mission was back in Luke 4. And so I think as a marketer, what that says to me is, if I'm going to make claims, I better be able to back it up. You know, it reminds me of on Top Gun, whenever... The uh, the office, Mavericks officer said, "You know, your body's writing checks. Your uh, or your mouth is writing checks. Your body can't cash. You know, and so don't be one of those marketers." Yeah, not that anybody ever promises things that they don't deliver on. I've never heard that before. That's like new news to me. I didn't even know that that happened. <laughs> Yeah, and that's really you know. I didn't know for fifty bucks I could buy ten thousand Twitter followers. Maybe I should do that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, but I I love that because Jesus was real the whole time. I mean, he what he said he delivered on, and and if he said he could raise people from the dead, not only did he raise people from the dead that had just died, not only did he raise people from the dead that had been from the dead that had been dead for a day, he said I can conquer death. Let me just show you. Let a guy sit in the grave for four days. He raised Lazarus from the dead who had already started to decompose. Pose. And then the ultimate payoff, of course, he says, watch this one. Three days from now, I'm going to raise myself from the dead. That, <laughs> that was cool. That's when you say, I delivered on my promise. Isn't that good enough for you? I'm the savior of the world. You should put your trust in me. That's pretty good. That's uh, that is impressive. There is no product on uh, you know from put out by Madison Avenue Hollywood or anywhere else in between those two shores that competes with that. All right, That's so correct. what about you know strategy six? Define your target group. We've already talked about that. Jesus did a great job, but how about this? Start with those number seven. Start with those who are looking for your solution. Well, yeah, I, 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 explain that to me. So I, I think there's a tendency to want to be something that we're not, and, and this is another area where, uh, aside from marketing like Jesus, I'm really exploring to help business people make this connection between their faith and their business, is to operate in the area of your gifting, and and there, your gifts are in demand, your spiritual gifts are in demand in the marketplace, and so focus on ministering to the people that are hungry for your solution. I mean, the people that are mm. coming to you saying, can you help me out with that? Oh, I heard you're, you're good at this. You know, pay attention to those things. Those are indicators that God is bringing along your path to show you that this is, this is the way, this is the way that I've called you to serve me and to reflect my glory. And so Jesus, he wasn't, the, the way that, he, because of who his target group was, he's Jewish outcasts, he didn't. He could have been one of those Pharisees. He could have gone to the top schools of his day, but he chose instead to become a blue collar worker because that's who he was. He was going to be reaching. And, he came to and seek so, and save the lost. Right. Absolutely. I, so I love the way said, you said. I got. I got to stop there because I want to repeat what you said. Yeah. You said something super powerful. He went to those who were hungry. For his, they were hungry for his solution, and, and that's what a lot of businesses they just say, "I'm going to do a shotgun approach to marketing and hope that I get my message out in front of the people that are really key." Instead of identifying, here's where those people are in my society, and here's the the, the way those people respond uh, to people in society, and 
then and then market directly to them. Like I've got I've got a buddy that that sells hearing instruments, and he specifically targets assisted living communities because that's where his market is. So Beautiful. to think through that, I mean, I think it's just great. All right, so let let's just say um, I want to go on. Okay, strategy number eight: become an expert on your target group. How did Jesus do yeah. that? How did Jesus become an expert on his target group? Well, I love the story of where Philip invites his brother Nathaniel to come and meet Jesus, and and so Nathaniel's kind of skeptical, and he says, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And then the Bible says that when Jesus saw Nathaniel coming, he said, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And so Nathaniel's wondering, and he says in John one forty eight, how do you know me? And then Jesus responded, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And, and that's, when, uh, that's when he believed that Jesus was who he said he was. And so we don't know exactly how Jesus knew about, uh, knew about Nathaniel before they had this introduction, but whatever the case was, he had studied him. He knew, uh, he knew about the people that he was serving. I mean, he knows everything about us. Uh, he knew he knew everything about the people that he was serving during those during that three year ministry, and that really informs the way that you're going to spend your time, the way that you're going to spend your resources, marketing wise, is in view of uh, these people that you're supposed to be serving. Hmm. Fantastic! I, I love that, and, and that's we need. We just need, a lot of people just won't sit still for a moment and think. Because that's really what, I mean, there's a difference between marketing and sales. I understand it. But in marketing, you just, if you're going to be a successful marketer for your business, you really got to sit and think. You have to you have to really think through the process. You may have a great product, but you got to get in front of the right audience. And I love that's that. Right. You know, your, your strategy number 10, find common ground with your target group. 11, keep your core message simple. 12, take control of your brand. 13, use stories. But 14, the number one sales method in the world is never tell anybody anything but ask questions. Because <laughs> Jesus right. was a genius at asking questions. That's right. Yeah, I mean, one scholar noted that 153 of Jesus' questions have, have been preserved. I mean, and he, he would often, and this was kind of a, a, a Jewish mindset, is asking questions versus just telling people, you know, what, what you want them to hear, you ask them questions, and then they can begin to discover things on their own, and that's really the Hebrew model of education, and and you might consider bringing that into your marketing strategy with your clients instead of just kind of spitting out facts and figures. Vomiting is what we call that. That, That's sales vomit. Right. You know, just ask them questions and let them discover the needs that they have, because if they don't see their need, then they're certainly not going to want what you have to offer to fill that need. That's just fantastic. And that's asking questions. I'm just going to repeat that again. That was your strategy number 14 with Jesus. Jesus was so good at asking questions and redirecting questions to him that were just ridiculous. He was so good at that. We're going to talk about that next week. All right. Strategy number 15, speak in front of groups. Well, that's what Jesus did. That's great. 16, select your core team from within your target group. 17, at first, ask for a small commitment. 18, be proud, ask big. 19, inspire your tribe to own your vision. But 20, I love this, live your message. Jesus, and why, tell, tell me in today's world, why is it so important, Darren, that people live their message? 
Well, I mean, if you won't buy your own products, and, it, and this is a, a common problem in the investment world, is that that these these brokers are not investing in the financial products that they're selling, and they're just they're just basically taking other people's money. And I mean, they've done the studies. I don't have the exact figures in front of me where they have found that an extremely low percentage of these brokers are, are investing into the products that they're selling. And so you have to live your message, I mean, especially uh, not only on a moral level, but on uh, just a practical level. What, what I love about that is that people can smell a fake. And, yeah. and, you know, Jesus lived in a time when there was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they were the super-duper religious people. But as everybody knows, or if they don't, they will know now, religion's about money, power, and control. Jesus came to destroy religion and create relationship. That's that's yeah. the way I like to word it. But, you know, those Pharisees and Sadducees, everybody knew that they were the, the religious leaders, but mm-hmm. they all smelled that they were fakes. Because on the outside, they look good, but on the inside, as Jesus said very, very well, they were whitewashed tombs. But Jesus, right. they, they all of a sudden said, hey, this guy, he actually lives what he says. He loves me right where I'm at. He actually, wow, there is something real about him. People would yeah. buy it. Absolutely. I mean, and that goes back to what is our bottom line as Christians, and that's making disciples, is reflecting Jesus. And so we certainly have to live our message uh, in, a, in a Christ-like way, which is, which is the gospel. And, and I love the... Uh, the story of Billy Graham and how at the very beginning of his ministry, he called his team together and established these four core values that they would live by, uh, you know, such as abstaining from making extravagant claims about the success of the organization and, and other things that you've probably heard about. But whatever you're marketing, you have to be the one that's most passionate about. It. Otherwise, people are, aren't going to buy into it. And if they do, it's really just taking advantage of those people. All right, so here's when we come back from our break, I really want to talk about I mean, your, your next one, strategy number 21, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure we get as much in as possible. I apologize. I kind sure. of went through like I wasn't listening, but I really was listening, but I'm excited about more, more things here. Strategy number 21 was present your message consistently. 22, leverage your spiritual, the spiritual power of ideas. 23, get conversations going. But 24, encourage your tribe to share testimonies. Fan stinking-tastic, because nothing speaks more loudly than somebody who's experienced your product and says, you need to buy this product because it's changed my life. And that's, that's what right. Jesus was a genius at. All right, Darren, back back with you. You know, we, we've talked about lots of these strategies, but I want to end with this one. Encourage your tribe to share the testimonies. Why is that one so significant? How did Jesus use it, and how can we use it today? Well, I mean, it's... You have to, people can spread stories, and so that's why Jesus taught in parables, because it makes it easier for somebody to be able to relate that to somebody else, and that's why he told us to go and share a testimony. And, and, and I love the way that Jesus did this in Mark chapter 5, where he had healed this, uh, this demon-possessed man, and then the guy's trying to jump into the boat to go with Jesus and his disciples. He said, you're not coming with me, but go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And then the Bible says he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. 
right? And, then, and, and the Decapolis, just so people know, that's the 10 cities. I mean, he he yeah. said, go into the 10 cities and tell, and most people that he, that he healed or removed demon possessed people from, he said, don't, hey, don't tell anybody. But this one, he said, go. I mean, this was, this was a huge deal. Go, go ahead, start the deal going. That's right. And, and so no, really no story is more effective as a marketing tool than the testimony of a person that's benefited from you and your message, your product, your service, your cause. And so you have to, first of all, be able to communicate your message and what you're offering as a brand story and then ask people to share it. I mean, because if you don't ask them, they're not going to go leave that rating or review. And in the, the Internet age that we're in, people, when they're going to go to a new restaurant, they're going to check out a movie. I mean, my wife and I, we don't go see anything before we look at the reviews and the ratings. I mean, because if it's not up to a certain level, we're just not going to, we're not going to waste our time seeing it. And so you have to encourage your fans, your followers, those that benefit from your service in some way, capture those reviews, those endorsements. Encourage people to go read those ratings and reviews. It's powerful. Yeah, it, it is very powerful because people really, you know, I I never use a vendor without a referral. Never, yeah. ever. And, and I don't refer people to other people unless I've used that vendor. And, and so I, I actually don't have any advertisers on my show that I haven't used. I mean, I, I mean, these are people that I know, that I trust, that I love. There's no way they're getting on my show because I'm referring them out to thousands of people. And so it's very, very powerful. But the testimony thing, when you look at it, when you look at the marketing genius of Jesus, he, he, had, he, he had 11 guys who had a testimony of living three and a half years with Jesus, seeing him raised from the dead. It changed their lives and those 11 guys and their testimonies and the 500 people that Jesus saw after he rose from the dead, those 511 people, they changed yeah. the world based on their mm-hmm. testimony, how Jesus impacted them. Because never, never did anybody meet Jesus without their lives never being the same. That's right. It's just powerful. That's right. Darren, I love the book, and we're, we still got a copy to give away, 855 265 I've got one guy that's called in that I know of, but I'd love to give away two copies if I could today, 855-265-2929. Oh, Darren, you said I can only give away one, but I'll pay you for the other one. But as we, <laughs> as we come to the end of another I Work Rim show, Darren, I want to thank you. I'd like to bring you back again. Are you, do you have any other books in the, uh, in, in the pocket to, to be writing or not? Well, actually, the next thing that I'm working on is uh, is an assessment that's going to help business people identify what their spiritual gifts are. Because, you know, typically, whenever you take a spiritual gifts assessment, it might be in your local church where, you know, the pastor is trying to figure out who's going to be, who's got the gift of hospitality. We're going to put those people at the front door as greeters. You know, who's got the gift of helps. We're going to have them, you know, stick around and help out with cleanup. You know, but what, I mean, we're, we're in the we're in the business sphere, and that's where God has called us to spend our time and our gifts. And so that's really the thing that I'm working on right now. And they can check it out at uh, DarrenShear.com. Uh, contact me, and I'll let you know when it's available. And I'll put all of your contact information on my Facebook page tonight after the show. All right. I just want to make sure that we, as we close out the show, Darren, thank you very much. It's been awesome. Don't go away just yet. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately... I work for him.